What's up, guys? Going to be a little bit of a change-up, um, special episode, just myself. Um, Joe is a little bit under the weather. We have been floating out the idea on doing a Sunday kind of instant recap. Um, not really league-specific, but more so just focused on the NFL as a whole and fantasy football in general. Um, so figured I, w- I would hop on and do this now. Um, right now it's Sunday night. The Eagles-Cowboys game is just starting up, Um, so pretty much at the time of this recording, I just watched the Saints kick the field goal in overtime to take down the Bears. Um, So for starters, Saints took down the Bears 26-23 in overtime. Buddy, the Bears quarterback situation, I I don't understand how they just can't ever have a good quarterback. Cutler was their best one, and they wasted them by having a not a great defense. I think if you put Cutler now with this Bears team, this team is an elite NFC team. I'm not going to say they would be an NFC favorite, but, I mean, Foles stinks. Mitch is Mitch. Um, I don't know if it's just naggy right now and it's bad play calling, but I'm watching the Bears, and it just it frustrates me. I'm not even a fan of them. Um, as a guy who owns a couple of shares of their guys in fantasy, it's just very, very annoying. Just kind of watching him, thinking that he's this like great play caller and just making everything a little bit too cute. Um, on the Saints side of things, Alvin Kamara pretty much put the team on his back. He had 67 rushing yards to go along with nine catches for 96 yards, and I mean, was pretty much that whole that whole team. Um, but I mean, no Michael Thomas, no Emmanuel Sanders. No Marquez Callaway, who really stepped up and showed out last week. It was kind of to be expected. It was going to be the Camara show, and that's what they did. Um, so moving on to the next game, we had the Bengals taking down the Titans, which this one was a bit of a shocker. Titans were 5-1 and one coming in. Bengals were 1-5-1. and one. Um, Bengals come out, win pretty handedly. The game wasn't even as close as the scoreboard says. They won 31-20. to 20. Gio Bernard with two touchdowns. Henry did his normal thing, 18 carries, a buck 12, and a touchdown. Um, besides that, I mean, Corey Davis is really kind of – I'm not saying he's this year's Devontae Parker, but he's kind of been this guy now where it's like, okay, year four, going to kind of have his breakout now. Um, and he's really been stepping up this year. He had eight catches, 128 yards, and a touchdown on 10 targets. And really kind of stepped up when A.J. Brown didn't really do that much. I mean, he scored, so it kind of salvaged his day fantasy-wise. He had four catches for 24 yards. But as long was only nine, he only had seven targets compared to the 10 for Corey Davis. Jonu Smith caught his two targets. Um, kind of been falling off a little bit here. Um, on the Cincy side of things, I mean, Burrow does a really good job of spreading the ball around. I mean, Higgins with six catches, Boyd with six, Auden Tate with seven. AJ Green with two and Gio with three. Um, Boyd continues to kind of just be the steady, solid producer from the slot. And you saw it in college. He did it very well with Justin Jefferson. Um, so seeing him continue to grow and play at this elite level for a rookie, I would say, um, it's great to see. And I mean, they have some interesting pieces there. I think Higgins and Boyd going forward. And when they get back Mixon, like that's going to be a very, very good team. Um, they just need to kind of shore up things on the offensive line. Once they can get that going, I think kind of the sky's the limit for them. And I think that they're really going to start making noise. in the AFC North is the, um, the hop along with the uh, the Steelers, the Ravens, the Browns. Um, 
the Browns I'm a little bit worried about. They, they, yeah, they took the loss today. Um, I mean, they only had six drives, which is kind of crazy. Um, but they, they went down to the Raiders 16-6. to six. Um, This game was ugly. I mean, there was 50-mile-an-hour wins, missed field goals everywhere. Baker went 12-25. of 25. Didn't really do much. Jacobs had 31 carries on the Raiders' side of things, put up a buck 28 on the ground. He had himself a pretty solid day. But besides that, I mean, there really wasn't much to talk about from this game. I mean, Waller had five catches, 28 yards, like, uh, Jarvis Landry four for fifty-two. Like it, there really was just not much to kind of talk about this uh, from this game. Like it just really wasn't the kind of a bleh game. wasn't really on red zone that often either. So next game up that I have here: the Patriots and the Bills. Bills took down the Pats twenty-four to twenty-one. Damian Harris had himself a pretty big day, um, one hundred two on the ground. A lot of these running backs, I thought, had a pretty solid game um, out on the field today. I mean, you had Singletary and Moss splitting the workload 50-50. They both had 14 carries. Singletary for 86, Moss uh, for uh, 81. Uh, but Moss had the two touchdowns, which, I mean, is kind of had to be your fear, I think, when Singletary, um, for Singletary, when Moss got drafted. he Because um, Moss is the bigger back. Um, and so it was always kind of a concern of mine, at least, that this was going to be the guys coming in, getting all the carries on the goal line. And those are the valuable carries that you really want. And so that could really hurt um, Singletary's value long term. I mean, Moss is another young guy, too. And obviously, Josh Allen's um, rushing ability is, is going to be something, too, that could uh, hinder Singletary long term. Josh, he only threw 18 times. I mean, 11 of 18, 154 in a pick. Uh, didn't not really do much passing-wise. I mean, Diggs had a solid day for 6 for 92. But, I mean, if you started any other uh, Bills receivers, you really weren't happy. On the Patriots side of things, it was mainly Damian Harris and Cam Newton running the ball for their offense. I mean, Jacoby Myers had 6 for 80 on 10 targets. Or, sorry, 6 for 60 on 10 targets. Um Besides that, I mean, there's really not much to talk about. Cam had the rushing touchdown. He had a bad fumble, though, at the end of the game. And you have to wonder um, how much longer Bill is going to want to put up with his uh, his lack of performance. I, I don't know if maybe they're just kind of punting this year and they're moving on to next, um, but we'll see. So the game that I was – I think I may have been surprised on the most, I think it had to be the Colts putting a 41 on the Lions. So they the Colts beat the Lions 41 to 21. Um Phillip Rivers threw three touchdowns. He didn't really do much um in terms of total yardage. He was 23 to 33, 262. Um but I think the real story in this game from a fantasy standpoint is you really don't want to own any Colts running back. Um Wilkins for some reason, Jordan Wilkins, we talked about him last week um when in our trick-or-treat segment. Joe asked me, hey, do you think Jonathan Taylor will be a running back one rest of the season? And my biggest concern was games like today, where you see Wilkins go get 20 carries, put up 89 yards, score a touchdown. And then you have Jonathan Taylor only getting 11 carries for 22 and no touchdowns. While Naheem Hines comes in, he has a couple carries, but then he goes three catches for 54 yards and two touchdowns. So it's just one of those where 
it, you really don't want to be starting on any of them right now. This reminds me a lot of the Eagles in the in the past. And I mean, if Marlon Mack was healthy, who knows how how much like worse this would be. On the line side of things, Kenny Galladay exited early, put some gooses up for people, but I mean, he had a hip injury that left before halftime. Um, so hope that it's nothing serious and he's going to be back at it soon. Um, DeAndre Swift, six carries for one yard. Um, he had a long of five. So pretty much everything else went negative. So that's tough, tough sliding for him. Stafford, though, is pretty much throwing it all over the yard, though. He had 124-42 through for 330 and three touchdowns. Um, most of that, though, went to Marvin Hall. He had four catches for 113. He had Hawkinson with seven for 65. Amendola, three for 54. Um, and then Marvin Jones, three catches, two touchdowns under 40 yards. But, I mean, that's kind of what you expect now, I feel like, from Marvin Jones. All right, so let's move on to the next game on the slate. So we had um, the Minnesota Dalvin Cooks taking on the Green Bay Devontae Adams. This is one of those games where it was pretty much just these two guys going head-to-head for the most part. I mean, Vikings scored 28. Dalvin had three rushing touchdowns and one receiving. While you had the Packers scoring 22, and all three of their touchdowns went to Adams. So – I mean, these guys showed why they were first-round picks or first or early second-round picks. I mean, they're elite, elite-level guys, and they both really stepped up and took over. Obviously, Rodgers balled out today. Um, I mean, he took that one one ugly kind of hit at the end um, where he fumbled. But besides that, I'm not that worried about the Packers. I mean, the Vikings, I, I believe, are coming off a bye. I could be wrong. Um, but they've had a – they're still a good team. I mean, I, they've lost a lot of games by one score, and they still have some talented players on that offense. And obviously, when you see Dalvin Cook, he's got 30 carries, 163 yards, and three touchdowns. And then on top of that, he has another 60 with a touchdown in the air. Like, it's going to be really, really difficult to beat them. And I know that's a recipe of success that they're looking for. I know they're only 2-5, and five, uh, but I think that the Vikings are a team I probably don't really want to play if I'm a uh, contending team. All right, so moving on, we got the Jets taking on the Chiefs. For a little bit, this game looked a little bit closer. Like at the beginning of the game, I mean, the Jets were kind of hanging around, making it close with a couple field goals, but the Chiefs just ran away. Mahomes showed you why he's getting paid half a billion. Um, He went 31 of 42, 416 yards and five touchdowns. Like, he's insane. Um, Leading the way for them, I mean, they had three guys with over 90 yards. Kelsey, Tyreek, and Hardman. Um, Kelsey put up 109-1. and one. Tyreek with four catches for 98 yards and two touchdowns. McCall Hardman, seven for 96 with one. And then you had Demarcus Robinson catching the other touchdown. Um, on the Jets' side of things, I mean, their leading receiver was Denzel Mims, who had two catches for 42 yards and three targets. And I feel like all that came in the first quarter, quarter and a half. He made a pretty spectacular catch, which I, I found to be very impressive. And then didn't do anything for the rest of the game. They just keep throwing to Braxton Barrios and Jeff Smith. Well, I don't know. I wasn't watching this game super closely. I mean, just because the the Chiefs, I mean, destroyed them. But I don't know. A little shocking to me kind of going through here and seeing this. Um, also, you have Frank Gore getting more carries on the Michael P. Ryan. It's just Jets are going to jet. It doesn't make sense at this point why you're only going to give two targets to your rookies who have shown the ability to kind of make some plays. And you want to find out what you have with these guys. So, but I mean, that's why the Jets are the Jets and the Chiefs are the Chiefs. 
All right, so Tua made his debut today, taking on the Rams, and he was helped out a lot by Goff's kind of ineptitude today. So Miami scored two touchdowns on the defensive and special teams side of things. One was a punt return by Jakeem Grant. Other one was a strip sack that went the other way. And so Goff threw the ball 61 times. Um, Tua only threw it 22 times. He threw for under 100. He wasn't really asked to do much. Um, I mean, there's a lot of Miles Gaskin. He got 18 carries. Really, I'm looking at that. This is an ugly box score for Miami. But, I mean, they did it all with defense. And you play to win the game, and that's kind of what they did. They didn't score it all in the second half. Didn't really need to. Um, a lot of it was just kind of garbage time catch up um, from, the, from the Rams. You had Cub going 11 catches for 110 yards, no touchdowns. You got 21 targets. So, I mean, 11 catches, if you're looking through that, it's a pretty nice game, but then you see he's getting targeted 21 times. So, meanwhile, you had Robert Woods, 7 for 85 with one um, receiving touchdown, and then he had a rushing touchdown as well, but he only had eight targets. So, just kind of showing Robert Woods just being reliable, getting you those 80 yards and a touchdown every uh, every week or so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, first play of the game, too, Aaron Donald just showed why he's, like, the best player in football. Not first play, but one or two um, to his first drive. He just absolutely destroyed uh, Eric Flowers at the guard position and then comes in and, and two, it took a little bit of an ugly hit. He had a defensive tackle kind of land on top of him. It was good to see him get up after some of the questions about his injury injuries in the past. Um, so seeing him get up was good. I'm going to see him continue to play. I think that we're just going to see him kind of continue to improve going forward. And I think the Dolphins really didn't want to have to put him into a position today where they needed to to win the game with him. Uh, I think that they kind of just wanted to let him get his feet back under him. I mean, he hasn't played in almost a year after that ugly hip injury last year at Alabama. So it's good to see him out there, and I think we'll see better stat lines from him moving forward. And then Steelers-Ravens. Um, I mean, this game is a super exciting game every year. I mean, every time they play, I mean, I think it's the best rivalry in football. I think that it surpassed the Packers and the Bears. And I mean, all the NFC East teams kind of hate each other, but they all stink. So it doesn't really doesn't really make a difference. Uh, but this game went 28 to 24 Steelers with the win and they get to seven and oh and now take a two game lead over the Ravens and the AFC North, which I think was going to be huge um, for them. And I think that the Ravens. <sighs> Lamar, I think just he needs to get better as a passer. Um, I think that at the end of that game. It was good to see him kind of put that drive together. It would have been really nice to see him kind of cap things off, though. And I think that that would have been a signature, like his kind of crowning moment. Obviously, he would have. He has the MVP from last year and all these spectacular highlight plays. But I think that he's kind of this big. He needs one or two more big like moments where he's showing that he is this like NFL caliber passer. I'm not saying that he's not an NFL caliber passer, but he needs to be show people that he can win more with his arms and rather than with his legs. Um, so he'll, he'll get more chances. And I think he will kind of prove people wrong with that. I mean, he's improved at every, every step of the way going from college now into the NFL. And so I, I think he's only going to continue to get better as a passer. So hold on. Sorry about that. We're loading up the scores right now while I'm going through. Okay. So, Chargers Broncos. This game too. This game was crazy. Um, if anybody was watching it on Red Zone, because I don't believe it was on here in the East Coast. So 
the Chargers were up big, <laughs> like at one point in this game. Like I think they were up like twenty-four to seven. Um, it's too bad that the commission isn't on here, that we don't have JD. Um, he'd be pretty good right now, and I'm I assume kind of reliving a lot of pain going back through this game. But Drew Locke, end of the game, I, pretty much his time expired. Starts rolling out to his right, throws a pretty nice easy pass into KJ Hamlin, who catches it falling down. And then the Broncos kick the extra point to to take the one-point lead after being down 24-7 in the third. Um, Phil Lindsay ripped off a long touchdown. And this is for me, I mean, he had six carries for 83 yards and a touchdown. I think he showed why he's better than Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is more the traditional running back, the guy who you can pound between the tackles for 20 carries a game. But I personally, I, I just think Lindsay is better. Uh, I mean, on the Chargers side, the thing, though, you got Tremaine Pope who kind of came out of nowhere, and he looked pretty good. Uh, but Justin Jackson had a had a big day yardage-wise. Um, touchdowns, Herbert threw three of them. He went 29 of 43 for 278 with three touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, he threw one of Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and also the fullback, Gabe Neighbors, which rushed your waiver wire to pick him up. Um Denver-wise, we had Luck going 26-41, put up 248, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton was their leading receiver. He put up 82 yards and a touchdown. You had K.J. Hamler with the touchdown, like I said, and Albert O. Um, I'm not even going to try to miss, try to pronounce his name. Uh, he went one for nine for one touchdown, and as one of our league mates, Luke, says, he looks a little bit like Gronk. He has some Gronk-like features, which I don't know if – I don't know if I'm going to believe and buy into, but that's Luke. I mean, he might be biased, like he said. So, still, it was kind of nice to see Luke, uh, Locke take that next step. I know that I had some discussions with Joe and Luke, and we were just kind of talking about during the day how we were kind of out on Locke and how it looked like he might just be a bust. Um, but then he he led this furious comeback. And, I mean, that's just what your job is as quarterback. You don't always need to put up these big stats. It's just winning games and making plays in the fourth quarter when it counts, which is what he did today. So hopefully we see him continue to do that and uh, just continue to improve. And then finally we had the Seahawks pretty much uh, – the game was a little bit closer. It was 37-27, to 27, but a lot of that was garbage time. Um, once. Jimmy Garoppolo left this game early, like in the early fourth, and Nick Mullins comes out and puts up 200 yards in the fourth quarter. He goes 18 to 25, 238 for two touchdowns, no sacks, no interceptions. Ayuk with a late kind of garbage time touchdown, which I know some owners, um, some managers who were going up against him may not have been happy with. But he uh, he kind of came through at the end. He had eight for 91 and one. Uh, Kendrick Bourne had eight for 81. George Kittle did leave this game early. Doesn't seem like it's super serious, but we'll see. Um, touchdowns then went to, like I said, Ayuk had one, and then Ross Dwelly, who came in for Kittle, which kind of hurts. As a, like, you know, in Kittle, it hurts to see another tight end, his replacement, come in and, and score later. Um, but on the ground, Jermichael Hasty had 12 carries for 29 yards and a touchdown, and Jarek McKinnon had the other rushing touchdown. Now, on the Seattle sides of things, Russ continues to cook. Um, he went 27 to 37. He only put up 261 um, passing wise, but he threw four touchdowns. And most of that, I got to be honest, went to DK Metcalf. So last week, obviously, we had Lockett with the huge game. And then this week, it was DK with the huge game. It's pretty much pick your poison at this point. It's like, okay, are you going to 
focus your coverage on DK, that's fine. Market's going to feast. Are you going to focus your coverage on over on market? Okay, DK is going to eat. Metcalf today put up 12 for 161 and two touchdowns. And he, his first touchdown was a 40-yard catch and run on a slant, which honestly looked like something that a guy who maybe like Odell Beckham would make um, when he's healthy, not a guy who's 6'4", 220, like he it's just not a play that you would expect from a guy like Metcalf. It's nothing against him. It's just not his kind of style. He's not the super agile guy, uh, but he, he made this huge play. So he finished with 12 for 161 yards and two touchdowns. Lockett went four for 33 with no touchdowns. And I mean, it, it just kind of goes to show he continues to kind of be hit or miss where when he hits, he's putting up these massive gains. When he misses, it could be kind of a stinker. Um, David Moore, scored a touchdown, and then DJ Dallas had two touchdowns today. He was the only running back who was active for the for the Seahawks. He had 18 carries for 41 yards, and he scored a rushing touchdown. He then had five catches for 17 yards and a touchdown. Very inefficient, but, I mean, if you were playing him, if you started him, it was, you were hoping for a couple touchdowns and just banking on the volume. You, any efficiency, I feel like, would have been just kind of the cherry on top. But, I mean, he got you the volume. He got you the touchdown, so tough to kind of be upset with him. Um, otherwise, going back to Thursday, we had Falcons taking down the Panthers 25-17. to 17. That game, kind of a snooze fest. I, I mean, Matt Ryan running in a touchdown while the um, while the DB on the Panthers slipped and was trying to bear crawl over to him was pretty funny. But I think the biggest story to come out of this game was Calvin Ridley's injury. Uh, we're still not totally sure how long he's going to be out but i mean that has to be a bit of a damper for this uh for this passing attack obviously julio jones is a superstar like an out of world player and i mean he he showed that he went seven catches for 137 yards but it's going to be tough to kind of trust anyone on the falcons i think moving forward outside of maybe hurst and definitely julio jones um Gurley had 18 carries for 46 yards and honestly brian hill just looked like the better back. Um, Gurley's looking a little bit like he's struggling, but who knows? I mean, he does have a good nose for the end zone. I mean, he scored this week, but if I mean, if you're playing him in fantasy every week, you're just hoping for a touchdown. Now, Carolina side of things, it really wasn't that much to talk about. I mean, Teddy threw for under 200. Mike Davis was under 70 rushing yards. Like, it's just all in all. I mean, it was a Curtis Samuel game. He had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown, which, I mean, not many people were, were probably starting him. So, I mean, you had DJ Moore with a late catch in the game to kind of give him a little bit of, like, production. He went two for 55. Robbie Anderson, five for 48. Just if you started any of your Panthers outside of Curtis Samuel, you were you were pretty disappointed, I would say. Um, now, looking forward, so right now the Cowboys are up 3 nothing. Over the Eagles, that game is we'll, – we'll see kind of how that one ends up, and we'll probably talk about that on the pod later this week. And then Monday night, we have Buccaneers versus Giants, a little Brady revenge game, I guess you could say, against the Giants. Um, and then also Jason Pierre-Paul making his return against the Giants too. I mean, I, I think the Buccaneers right now – I mean, Tampa's covered – Tampa's favored by 12, which I think might be – that's a big line. I don't know if I, I think I would probably take the giants to cover that, but I might be biased, but 
We'll see. I, I think that either way, I do think the Buccaneers are going to win. And I, I don't see. And now I'm going to say, I don't know how close it's going to be, but I mean, 12 is a lot. So we'll see. I, I think Brady's going to have a pretty big day. I mean, he's looking right now like he's in tip, sh- tip top shape. Um, it doesn't really matter who's out there. No Godwin. And it sounds like he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. He's throwing touchdowns to Scotty Miller. Um, no Antonio Brown this week. So it's pretty much going to be Mike Evans and Gronk in the passing game. And obviously you got the guys like Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, who can are showing that they can produce. So I think that right now that the Bucks might be my favorite team in the NFC. We'll kind of see as things continue though. But all right, guys, thank you for listening this week. Um, just, Wanted to kind of keep it short and sweet. We've been discussing maybe doing something like this going forward. To um, That way on the Wednesday podcast, we can kind of hop right into things and we can get moving. But hope you guys like this. Um, feel free to follow us on Twitter, please, at the churn FF. Um, my Twitter handle is at Connor Bods. And then Joe DeFrans is at JDFran14. Um, so please feel free to uh, give us a follow and hit the subscribe button, leave us a five-star review if you could. Thank you, and I'll see you guys later this week.